Your source for Big Ten Talk. It's off tackle Empire. Welcome to Michigan Week here on Off Tackle Empire. Uh, Off Tackle Empire, whatever you want to call it. Um, I am Steve Braun once again with Andrew Koscheski, and it is time to talk about the one. The one year we've all been waiting for, where Harbaugh will finally put together, and the Michigan Wolverines, whose week it, it is, are going to get there. Undeserved hype is mostly what Michigan football is. So, I'm going to crack open a win, fight, try, Brewster of the Week. Now, this is my second homebrewing endeavor, and let me tell you, I, 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 learned, I learned from my past mistakes. That was a saucy fit. Okay. I, it, <laughs> I, I, I learned from my past mistakes. I'm wary. I made a bunch of improvements. I'm wary. Um, and I really think that all signs point to this being the one, the one that I get perfect, even after all the times I came up short in the past, this one is finally gonna be the one. It's packaged in the same bottles, but you know, this this is going to be, you know, those who stay and drink this one to the end will be champions. Well, you spent $9 million on the equipment and you have a couple of million dollar ingredients involved here so i would expect at some point you're gonna stumble your way into well like a neighborhood brewing competition medal or something i mean at Third some place. point at some point you're gonna win something well that's metal stand that's respectable what's the problem with that um you go ahead and put that on your refrigerator everyone will be proud of you pat you on the head give you basically a lifetime contract free of any pressure whatsoever you raised your eyebrows as though you like that idea, and the Michigan fan base is with you. This is good enough. This is good enough. And indeed it is. Gently set it down. Okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, the, the pitch of the offseason hype for Michigan this year, from mostly national commentators, is at once baffling and perennially familiar, because obviously there's no reason not to pander to a large fan base like Michigan when you're in modern sports media because clicks are money. If you write something nice about a team and they click on it, you get you get the money for that. And if you write something nice about a team with a lot of fans, you get a lot of people to click on it, it's more money. So, of course, there's a reason why they do that. Then again, if you write something about why Michigan's going to be bad and go 3-9 and nine this year, you also get a lot of money, but... It only kind of works the one time. And, and since then, and writing also, anything between those yeah. two is not very profitable at all for any length of time. Yeah. So, no one's inclined to do Saying, it. Saying, Michigan's probably going to win nine, maybe ten games this year. They're probably going to look pretty good against most of the bad teams on their schedule. They'll probably win a couple of games against teams roughly in their own weight class. And they're going to lose the important games. That Right, you're, you're basing that analysis on... The evidence that's actually in front of your face, the history that you have, and that's fucking boring. No, give me a hot take. Give me Michigan's going to win the national title despite having never finished it first in their own division because of reasons. Well, given what we've talked about, uh, the kind of takes we've talked about not being popular, and what we're going to say about Michigan, 
Well, draw your own conclusions from all the fine sponsors of this podcast as to how profitable it is. Right. Uh, <laughs> we, and, you know, we honestly ran out of entertaining fake sponsors to come up with that, as we were doing a couple years ago. Um, it, it's just a difficult shtick to keep rolling. So, you know, the like... Tim Beckman receding into memory has really been crippling for that. There's nobody really entertained because, like, I, I know at this point it does not look like Lovey Smith is going to be a success, but he's not entertaining. Chris Ash is not entertaining. He's a guy you feel like. I don't think it, I've, we've seen in other media now, like people being like, "Oh, let's, let's put the ASPCA Sarah McLaughlin music over pictures of Chris Ash. He just looks so depressed." Yeah, I know. It's not even a fun to make fun of him yeah. anymore. I mean, I think part of that is just that he has a face that's prone to like ex- looking extremely sad. He has a, he has a mopey he, face, yes. Well, um, but no, I mean, so around the conference, there's no like, there's no Tim Brewster, there's no John L. Smith, there's no Ron Zuck. The the aughts were really a golden age of hilariously bad and hilariously hilarious coaches. Not even time. necessarily. I mean, I mean, flawed coaches. Right, sure. Because if you're looking at Zook, he he did things obviously that were noteworthy. Ultimately, wasn't you know wasn't ultimately that successful, but did some noteworthy worthy things. But he was the kind of coach that everybody kind of really likes to have around the conference, where they'll jump up and bite you, but aren't going to do you long term damage, but are going to be good enough to n- stick around. And we don't really have it's Bruce Weber. <laughs> that is true. It's Bruce Weber. He's he well he's he's definitely a sillier Bruce Weber and sure. yeah the only the only bona fide silly coaches that we have in this conference now have some decent bona fides. Thanks a lot, Wisconsin, for yeah. letting that happen. Yeah, we're still we're not letting you off the hook for that, Wisconsin. But I, so to get to, back to Michigan Week because of course they're the most important team in the conference every year, as we know. This this front runner status. Did we do we just think that Ohio State's gonna fall into a chasm because they hired the guy who ran last year's fantastically successful offense and knows the team and has been recruiting just damn fine? Um, we do we think shattered the big Dwayne Haskins shattered the Big Ten passing records for single season by inconceivable margins. Yeah, and the guy who mentored him is now in charge of everything, and we I guess we're just yeah. So we we just think that. Some combination of Urban Meyer leaving, Dwayne Haskins leaving, maybe you want to throw Nick Bosa in there, is going to be enough to push the Buckeyes out of the position of dominance that they've been in for most of the past 20 years. I mean, Nick Bosa didn't play half of last year, right? He barely played last year. I think he was hurt in like the third or fourth game or something. Yeah, so um, they've already absorbed the loss of Nick Bosa just fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll go line by line in a minute here, but... Uh, yeah, okay, so recruiting-wise, um, Michigan's in a good position. This could be a class that pushes them to big things, but again, it, even the greatest recruiting classes, football, you know, football-wise, you're, you're not looking for 10 or 11 of these guys to make big impacts, but it isn't the eighth-ranked cl- uh, class nationally. They finally took the conference crown for best class in the conference, although... I think that's probably only because Ohio State only took 17 guys in this class. But the other thing for Michigan's class that you look at as a positive is they've got impact guys where they need it, which is on the defensive line. Because losing Chase Windovich and Rashawn Gary in one year is a lot to absorb. And even though they've recruited just fine the last few years, having a couple of potential 
plug and play type of guy. Well, they're both really tackles, but Chris Hinton and Mozzie Smith are names you're going to hear this fall on that defensive line. And something also, which I didn't stick in the outline, so you may not know about it, but um, the running back situation is a little bit fraught at Michigan right now. Karan Higdon gone, Chris Evans suspended. And then after that, you know, because Kareem Walker transferred, their next best option would be Drew Wilson, a you know, former walk-on who's a decent third-down guy, and a bunch of guys who haven't played. So uh, Zach, I don't know if it's Charbonnet or Charbonnet. I'm sure I'll find out in the first couple weeks of the season. But four-star from California who could have a decent shot at at least a rotational role, if not a big role, right away. So, yeah, they're recruiting just fine. That's not the problem. That's never been the problem, by the way, at Michigan. Rich Rod recruited great. Brady Hoke recruited great. Brady Hoke recruited even better. Yeah, yeah. Um, which and it's part of the reason why Harbaugh was able to hit the ground with 10 wins, because he had, like, 20-something NFL guys on his roster. So, we mentioned One some of the things of the... that bothers me about this class, if I'm a Michigan fan, sure. is that none of the receivers have, like, particularly silly names, and that you usually want to have, like, for Michigan receivers, you want to have a name that's, like, kind of whimsical. Yeah. I mean, I really thought that they hit their stride with Eddie McDoom, but that didn't really pan out, did it? No, he, whatever happened, I know he transferred, I don't know where Going, he went. You know, you go back, you know, tight ends included in this, of course, you have Jake Butt, you have Devin Funches, uh, Funches there, um, oh, um, who was the, there was a receiver that they had that just had like a really fun to say name around the same time? Uh, there was Gallon. I mean, that's really kind like. of a silly name. Because uh, <laughs> uh, I just picture him wearing a big old cowboy hat. Yeah. And I always liked Roy Roundtree because that alliteration, because of that alliteration. Not a receiver with a silly name around that same time. I can't think of one. Well, anyway, yeah, it's a disappointing entry in the all-name team for Michigan this year. But, look, you're going to have up cycles, you're going to have down cycles. That's just kind of the way it goes. So, talking now about the offense, plenty of continuity. Not, and not and, and, you, know, you don't get the entire unit back, but that rarely happens. The offensive line is mostly intact, and the interior was the strength last year, and that will probably be the case this year with Bredesen, Ruiz, and Unwainu, very capable in run blocking in particular. Still occasionally prone to some lapses in pass protection, but obvious improvement last year thanks to Ed Warner taking over as the offensive line coach. And just a reminder, Michigan State could have hired him. His son plays for the team, but they decided to... Hang on to Mark Staten, and now then this year, give the job to Jim Bowman. So, great job. Just just love that. Well, look, you want to reward those people. The quality you want above all else is loyalty, unquestioning loyalty. That's how the president runs the country. That's how you should run your football program if you want to be winning. Or at least you want to be able to claim that you're winning. <sighs> I ran out of air, or I would have. That would have been a longer pift. Uh, so, so would have been. Would it have been Steve Spurrier coaching the Washington Redskins, blowing a raspberry in slow motion because he can't believe his life has led him here? Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. Anyhow. So. So they'll remain kind of. I mean, we'll see how they want to address the tackle spots. John Runyon last year was a disaster at left tackle and pass protection starting the year. He got considerably better, and he's a pretty good run blocker. They have to address right tackle. They've got some young, formerly well-regarded recruits, so we'll see how they decide to manage that. 
wide receiver, pretty good continuity. Still have People Jones and Collins and uh, Tariq Black. It's at tight end, and as I mentioned, running back, where they're going to have to replace the guys who made most of the plays. They still have Sean McCune back at tight end, but running back in particular is a big old question mark right now. I'm sure there are guys... I don't think... No, they're not going to listen to this. They have go blog. Why do they listen to us? Um, I was going to say there are probably some Michigan fans who will listen to this and be like, well, actually, I read the report on MLI. I don't... Don't well, actually, me, all right? You, well, you're playing no, straight the, into the... We, we, the, the reason that Michigan fans would be listening to us is if the title of this podcast or the article in which it's posted suggests that we're just going to be fluffing them, and, you know, it will say Michigan preview. fans will venture well outside their little sphere of influence in search of more people fluffing Michigan before the season. And then beat a retreat like Napoleon before the gates of Moscow when it turns out not to be the case. So, in any case, offensively, there's really no excuse for Michigan not to be pretty good because, I obviously I'm bearing the lead a little bit here. And then, they'll, Pat- joke Shea- about, then Shea- they'll joke about the schools that we went to, of course. Shea Patterson returning, of course. Is going to be well, yeah, because obviously all Michigan fans went to Michigan. It would be preposterous to think that the huge majority of them didn't. Uh, so Shea Patterson returning, he had his moments last year. I never really saw this Heisman candidate, you know, massive hype. But again, that's that's every. I mean, I never saw it with Shane Morris either. And I was right about that. Patterson was fine last year. Uh, it's another new offense, though. It's, it's from what I hear, going to be a lot closer to the one he played in at Ole Miss, where he actually was a big time player but this you know Josh Gaddis has never been an offensive coordinator he's never called plays and there's the lingering question the same question that I have about Mark D'Antonio and whether it even matters that he hired a new offensive coordinator I would have about Harbaugh too because who's really going to make that play call in a big moment late in the game I you know is Harbaugh going to be able to let go of it I don't know I mean to assume, I mean, I like to live in a world where we can just assume that if you get a formerly very highly rated recruit at quarterback to transfer into your program, then it means that you're an instant national title contender because by any by that measure, Brandon Peters makes Illinois an immediate playoff contender. S- system fit be damned. Yeah, okay, okay. And actually, <laughs> system fit be damned is... Not a bad indictment of what went on in the beginning of last year with Patterson. Sure. But, hey, to his credit, Harbaugh has tried to change that. Honestly, there were... I still don't... Looking back, I still have no idea what Michigan's offense was actually supposed to be. It was at its most effective, usually against overwhelmed opponents, but it was at its most effective when it ran kind of basic, basic running schemes. If I remember right, they were mostly zone. And they just run, 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 play action occasionally. But then they'd, they'd throw in shotgun, they'd throw... I mean, they... I didn't really understand what they were doing last year. And in big moments in certain big games, I don't think they did either. Which I think is probably part of the reason they're moving on, once again, from offensive coordinator. Defensively, there's less continuity on the field. There seems to be this assumption that they're going to be fine because Don Brown's defenses always look have gaudy statistics. They've again they've recruited just fine, but look, we mentioned earlier Winovich and Gary losing Devin Bush, losing David Long. These are big Tyree Kennel even at safety, maybe a little bit less missed, but serious playmakers that are gone at all levels of the defense. They have a couple of decent building blocks. Liver Hill's probably an all conference type guy at corner. Well, they've also got a dude coming in, uh, Jalen Perry, who's only notable to bring up because he is from 
Dacula, Georgia, which definitely sounds kind of made up, but it sounds more like a thing that you'd call a person than a city. Yeah. Like, like, like an undead Dak Prescott. <laughs> yeah, so, 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 so that's what it's going to be. If Dak Prescott only does well in night games, then he's Dacula, officially. There we go. Uh, he, he, so so he'd be reverse Andy Dalton. I'm firmly keeping this on the. I'm not going down this this which football players are vampires uh, sidetrack with you. Uh, oh no, I'm not doing it. The the defense is where you're likely to see most of their big time impact freshmen. Um, we mentioned Chris Hinton earlier, Daxton Hill, a guy that they wrestled away from Alabama after much signing day drama. A guy who I, I don't think you want him to start right away, but with that kind of athleticism, that kind of, you know, recruiting bona fides, hard to think that they're going to keep him off the field altogether. And there is space in the defense for an impact safety like him to play right away. So everyone assumes Michigan's defense is going to be fine because they've been so good according to the numbers recently. I just want you to take a look really quick at the last two games they played last year, Steve. I want you to take a look and tell me how they went. Well, I know that the uh, last regular season game was uh, was not one of their better performances. It was a high score by Ohio State in the history of the game. A high fucking score. With a head coach with one foot out the door... And with Don Brown's vaunted defense, because I feel like you almost can't refer to the Michigan defense without throwing the word vaunted in front of it. That seems yes. to be the press's favorite word for it. There are lots of other words, adjectives for good, uh, and yet vaunted is the one we keep landing on. And that's not the only time that they've been shredded in a big game. They got tore up pretty good in the bowl as well. Well, I mean, they actually lost the bowl by a bigger margin than they lost to Ohio State. Yeah, it, as difficult as that is to wrap your head around, and that was Florida, correct? Yep, that was Florida. Treon Harris? Uh, yeah. Isn't Frank still their quarterback? Oh, Felipe, Felipe Franks. No, Treon Harris was a long time ago. Not a long time ago, but... He, yeah, he's one of many Florida... I mean, he's probably got to turn up at some ACC school. Let's see. Wait, Who hasn't... I feel like he transferred to Boston College. No, that was... Not Brissette, but um, there was another guy. This is a Florida podcast. Oh, uh, it's going to drive... Yeah, go ahead and look it up, because I, you know, maybe yeah, it is... that's absolutely happening. Um, okay, let's see. I don't know, but I'm seeing that Treon Harris transferred to Tennessee State. Oh, huh. Wasn't that, dude? That feels like a one-year stopover, and then he'll transfer somewhere else. I think he was a young guy. I think he's got eligibility left. Oh boy! Wait, Malik Zaire ended up. What? He went to Florida State for a minute after he left Notre Dame, didn't he? Yeah, but then he apparently went to Florida. Oh yeah, no, no, no. He never went. He, no, not Florida State. It was Florida. I thought he was going to Florida State, but then that that ain't happened. No, he never was at Florida State. All right. So anyway, um, getting away from erstwhile former Florida quarterbacks. Yeah, you got beat the death to death by Florida. That's why we brought that up. So yeah, Michigan. If you want us to talk about Florida less in your podcast, one stop playing. Them. Stop playing them every year. Every damn year you play Florida. It, it's it's just it. And two, maybe if you must play them, maybe show up. You yeah. try that. Yeah. Try making that adjustment. Because what's what's the excuse there? Was that 
Isn't that, like, didn't Karan Higdon sit out or something? Which, if that's, yeah, I think Higdon and maybe Gary sat out, but I think Florida had a guy or two who didn't play as well. And, like, it's two guys off of, of it's not like your starting quarterback didn't play. I mean, what what was your excuse? What happened? Like, <laughs> you fell the hell apart in the two highest profile games of the season, I would say, because by the time you played Michigan State, everyone knew they were trash. You pants Penn State, they fall apart in every big game they play, not you know outside of the one conference championship season. So, man, um, what's the excuse going to be this year? That's what I want to know because schedule wise, they get okay. They <laughs> two of their tough divisional games out of the three are at home. Ohio State, Michigan State are both at home this year. One of their road games is going to be at Illinois. So their, their two tough road games are Wisconsin and Penn State. Teams that they beat pretty handily last year. You've got the Notre Dame game in the middle of the schedule. Maybe that shakes things up and confuses your That's preparation. But a home game. Yeah, it's at home. And you know the other good thing about that game being late in the season instead of week one or two is maybe both teams will have three or four losses by then. So I don't have to hear everyone fucking talk about it for a week straight. There's no excuse for them not to win the division and conference this year. I guess that maybe that's part of the reason why they're being projected to win so much is like you look at it as like, wow, what really is the reason not? Like they're in year five, so the entire team is Harbaugh recruits. There's no leftovers unless there's like a sixth year guy in a red shirt or something, and you're really gonna blame that one guy. If you, but no, Harbaugh would have gotten rid of him by now. Uh, <laughs> so he's got. All his players, he's got a couple of million dollar coordinators. He's got his two most important games at home. What's the excuse this year if you don't get it done? I I really can't imagine. I mean, of course, you open up against Middle Tennessee. Now, the next game is intriguing because how would you <laughs> how how would you rate Oklahoma last year? in terms of them versus Michigan. Would you say that they were better than Michigan last year? Yeah, I'd call them better than Michigan. And um, why are you bringing up Oklahoma? Was there an well, opponent that Oklahoma struggled with last year that Michigan has to play right away that plays a really difficult style to scheme against and returns their entire starting group from last season? Is that an opponent that's on Michigan's schedule really early that could cause them a lot of problems with new players on the defense? Is that what you're suggesting? Well, all I want to know is, will this game be available to watch or am I going to have to watch it on someone's Twitch stream? (laughs) 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 With Oklahoma playing Army on pay-per-view. Whoever you were, sir, we salute you. You are a real American hero. Because bridging the gap between the world we know and the world we want to know is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. God, I hope we kick Michigan's faces in this year. Because their fans are being so fucking stupid about Juwan Howard. I can't wait for them to be wrong. Because <laughs> then after this year, Simpson and Teske are both seniors. I don't think Wagner's going to stay but one year. And Livers will probably go pro too. And then he won't have any players. Where, what's his fucking team gonna be after? That? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. He's gonna have the last, well, the last leftovers from Beeline. He's got to have to hope that Beeline's underclassmen develop under him the same way that they would have under Beeline. Which, yeah, again, <laughs> we had this conversation actually last time. Yeah, and I, I just can't I'm get so over. So excited! I for just the can't get basketball. over how, like, 
I can't get over how people are acting as though they had to fire the last guy for sucking, and it's like, yeah, now we're back. Now, we're now gonna, you're now gonna, see, we're gonna be fucking. Great. Now you're yeah, gonna see like, what you're, it's like. You were just you, one of the you top were phenomenal. You were a top ten program in the country for the last decade. Yeah, you, you just lost what I mean. I thought Beeline was like the best, like game coach in the country. Best game, co- probably one of the best it developmental is, coaches too. Yeah, it is. It's really difficult to dispute that. I like. You know what? He coached at Michigan, and I didn't hate him. That is yeah. how much I respected him. That's incredible. So I didn't hate him. Yeah, that's and me. Then, that's but the thing is, really you don't something. You know, and you don't really know what Howard brings to recruiting, other than everybody keeps saying that it's gonna be like like it was when he was recruited there. Which means everybody seems to think he's just gonna straight up pay players. There's not really any evidence to suggest this, but yeah. everybody's like rooting for that to happen. <laughs> Which, on the one hand, if you're a Michigan fan, you absolutely should root for happen. They're not going to do shit to Michigan if they get caught red-handed. They're not going to do anything to them. So They, they should... did before, which is weird. Well, because... All right, so when I say when they get caught red-handed, you, you can't have Mateen Cleaves in a fucking Land Rover again, okay? Like, that can't happen. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, as long as it's not that... I should, so I should got back, pal, on that. As long as it's not that blatantly obvious... If you can pretend the way North Carolina and Kansas pretend, which should be easy to do, you're going to get away with it. All right. This is good, because I've actually been recording for about two and a half minutes. What, are you going to attack this on the front of the Penn State football preview? I'm sure they'll Probably not, but I will save it somewhere. <laughs> I'll save it for something. I might attack it out of the end of the Michigan preview. We we could. Um, but we're all... we're Basketball is happening this year. It's going right. to happen for Basket real. Test. I'm pretty soon, I don't think there's going to be any more, I think the transfer window is basically closed, so I can start writing previews soon, and that, that's, that, see, that's the, been the daunting you thing. You never know when Brad Underwood is going to add to Illinois' roster. I'll do them last. We, uh, we might, <laughs> I mean, we might still add a guy. Well, yeah. I, I think we have an open scholarship, we always have an open fucking scholarship. Dude, I'm pretty sure Michigan has two open scholarships right now. Yeah, but Brad Underwood has never had a team at Illinois without an open scholarship. And so, like, I just think... Well, I mean, let me ask you this. Has... You complained about that a lot. Have the... Do those last two guys on the bench really make that much of a difference? Like, you're they talking about... in three years. Right. But... They also, like, if you... So... If they would have made a difference in three years, then that means next year's freshmen and sophomores are not making a difference right away, you know? That's probably... If he's just opting for a young team constantly... Yes, it's it's dangerous because if guys don't develop, if guys get hurt, if guys leave... You can be in a or if you position. play a defensive style that, that exhausts, runs everybody yes. out of fucking gas in, sure. in the first half, which he emphatically does. Yeah, I get that. So that is... That's why it's a problem, especially because, like, then, it's like, if he moves into year four and has an open scholarship then, well, well, wow, there's just, like, one entire player that you just (laughs) not had. So what do you do? So you put... What do you do senior day? Like, I don't know, I don't know what Illinois does, but, like, MSU has the guys check out, check out and kiss the Spartan helmet and everything. So I just picture like Illinois doing something similar. Well, they're always they're presented like, like a plaque with their jersey. So you just so you just lean jer- a plaque, just an empty jersey. <laughs> yeah, lean a plaque with a blank jersey. Doesn't even say <laughs> Illinois on it. Just lean it up against one of those little ch- stools that they always pull out for the, the little meetings. folding chairs. Yeah, <laughs> you know, 
Have you noticed that Leah noticed that they don't do use those for women's games? The stools? Yeah. Budget man. <laughs> it's the weirdest goddamn thing. But yeah, like I you know, if we make like if we make like a final four in in nobody's senior year, then we should absolutely put that up in the rafters. Open scholarship 20, 2017 to 2020. <laughs> Retire his non number. Alright, let's do Penn State. Yeah. <clears throat> Your source for Big Ten Talk. It's off tackle. Empire!